familiar with it. We pray that uh, you will become familiar with it today. I'm in the book of Philippians, that is in the New Testament, one of Paul's epistles. Actually, he wrote this epistle while he was in, in jail. Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3. And there's some verses in there that we often think about, <coughs> excuse me, I'll quote, and those are the verses that we want to center our thoughts around today, and those be uh, verses 12 through 14, amen, verses 12 through 14. So if you turn to that book, Philippians, if you don't know where to find it, I'm hoping someone will come near you and sit with you so that you can... Um, see what we're reading and other scriptures we may call. You can turn over there to see if what I'm saying is so. Amen. Praise the Lord. We believe the Bible is the word of God and that's the preacher's book and that's the saint's book. Amen. And we need to know what it says and we need to live by it. You'll be surprised how many people have an opinion about this, that, or the other today, especially when it comes to morals and what is right and what is wrong. And, and one preacher said years ago, they don't know palms from psalms. They haven't read the scripture. They don't know what God said in his word. And some don't care what the God said. They're going to make their own determination as to what is right as one is, what is wrong. But you and I are not gods. There's only one God. And he has his word that has been spoken and written, left on record for us, which is in the Bible. That's what we're going to be judged out of. So we better get familiar with it. Amen. And read it and obey it. Amen. Even if we don't understand it all the time, let's do it. If you trust God the way you should, you're going to obey him. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's see what the Apostle Paul had to say in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'd like to use for a thought today, press on to higher ground. Press on to higher ground. Are you making progress? Are you making progress? spiritual progress. We should be asking ourselves that from time to time, if not daily. But having said that, I understand that sometime one might be their own worst critic. Sometime it is possible to beat yourself up so much so until you end up being a joyless malcontent because you haven't achieved all the spiritual goals that you would like to by now. 
However, if there is a main kernel of truth that the apostle is trying to convey to us here, it is this. There is a more constructive way to spend your time than destroying yourself. If you understand this, achieving in Christ is continual and making progress in Christ is essential. Achieving in Christ is continual. It goes on and on and on. And making progress is essential. We should not be stagnant. We should not be going backwards. We should be making progress. No one can make progress in Christ for you. This is an individual salvation. You've got to be determined no matter what happens or what is going on to press on. That's got to be your determination. The progress that you make in Christ is not always going to be at the pace or it's not going to be the distance. Sometimes you may prefer, but I would encourage you to keep moving anyhow. Paul says to us in our scripture text here that we should move forward toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Be focused, looking upward for the prize. You see, the Apostle Paul advocates looking forward and reaching forth and that you all be uh, motivated by what I'm going to call a divine dissatisfaction with yourself. A divine dissatisfaction. Now, those who achieve higher heights in Christ manage to get above the typical carnal distractions that hinder those given to mediocrity. Some people are just happy to be medium. Amen. Because to do better requires effort in most cases, doesn't it? Amen. It requires effort. And some people, uh, just be frank, they're kind of lazy. They just want to kind of float along, as somebody said, on flowery beds of ease. But if you want to achieve uh, the goal for which Christ has called you, then you must be willing to put forth an effort. Praise the Lord. And as you begin to ascend in Christ... Uh, you come to a place where you are higher and you can see over the typical nonsense that trips up too many, praise the Lord. And you can soar above the foolishness of this world uh, because you are focused on the heavenly prize. And so I want to encourage you today to climb upward and onward to higher ground and always aspire to do better. Praise the Lord. Always aspire to be better. 
Always aspire to be more like Jesus. Praise the Lord. What I notice about some of the saints is they have a forward press for natural goals. Sometimes they will make tremendous sacrifice to achieve a natural goal, but they don't have that same appetite for spiritual progress. Praise the Lord. And so let me just talk before we get into the meat of the text. Let's go back a little earlier in this chapter to what Paul was saying because sometimes we do need to uh, address these natural overachievers. Praise the Lord. Amen. And Apostle Paul wants us to understand that in the total scheme of things, total scheme of life, natural achievements don't really matter much, especially when compared to spiritual achievements. If you find yourself spending more effort, time, and resources to make natural progress rather than spiritual progress, then I'm going to say to you that you have the wrong priorities. The question should always be this as we go from day to day as people of God. We should ask ourselves this. Here's the question. If the Lord Jesus were to come right now, would I be ready to go back with him? And if you cannot answer yes then you are focused in terms of your efforts on the wrong things. If you cannot say yes, then it is because you have the wrong priorities. And so you want to do whatever necessary to live in a state of readiness to go back with Jesus when he comes for his church. Believe Matthew wrote in chapter 24 and verse 44, be ye also ready. Praise the Lord. Once the saints are taken out of this present world, nothing achieved that did not have spiritual value will matter. I love my Bible or Bibles, and you can put one in the casket if you want to, but the bottom line is I'm not taking anything from this world with me when I leave, and neither are you. You can line the wall of your office or room with all the educational plaques and certificates that you have received. And they can take those off the wall and put them in your casket, but it doesn't mean a thing, amen, in there. It can be of no value. God does not care. He does not care about those things, praise the Lord, when this life is over. You want to hear something else that's not very inspiring? It's not going to take people long to forget you. I know we're full of us. We get full of ourselves, don't we? We think the world revolves around us. We think we're the access in the middle of the whole world. We think that life will not go on successfully without us. But let me tell you something. The world was spinning before you got here. And if you drop right now, it's going to keep on spinning. Praise God. I don't care what, how good a contribution you made. Somebody else is just going to step in those boots, step in those tracks, and carry on. 
but you better be concerned about the afterlife. You had better be concerned about your soul. You had better make your, Peter said, your calling and election sure. You better get your priorities right. Nothing is wrong with achieving things in this world as long as that is not your goal. As long as that is not your utmost pursuit. See, Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 36 and 37, you can turn over there quickly. He said, what shall it profit a man? Man is a generic term, so I'm speaking to women also. He said, what are you going to be profited by? If you should gain the whole world and lose your soul, what can a man, what can a person give in exchange for his soul, for their soul. Your soul is the most precious thing about you. you. know, we pet and pamper these bodies and people tell us we need to make them up and look like something other than what God made us. And people are doing all kinds of things now to their bodies, aren't they? Praise the Lord. They're even coloring their hair and making their hair look colors that aren't even normal, natural. There's no beast in the earth sometimes they got colors like people's hair look now. And they tattoo themselves like they're some canvas or something. Praise the Lord. Amen. They got all this stuff all over their bodies and some of them are not happy with the regular earlobes God gave them so they got to pierce those and some got to stretch them and put these big round loops in them and amen. You know, you can barely stand to bite, to bite your tongue but people have studs in their tongue now. You can barely stand to get hit in the nose but they got stuff in their nose and in their eyebrows and in their belly buttons and just, just everywhere now. My God, my God, hallelujah. And, and, and the thing about it is none of these things can help you. Hmm? None of these things can help you, praise the Lord. You can accomplish all of this. You can do all these things. But if you lose your soul, your, your soul is the most important part because this stuff that you got attached to you, if the undertaker don't take it out and bury you with it, you know what's going to happen to this body that we pet and we print from? We try to keep looking younger even though we're getting older. And oh, I know some of y'all don't like that, but that's just the truth. We're getting older and older in another day. And some of us, we, we can deny it, but if we deny it, we'd be lying because we look older. All you need is a picture from a few years ago, and you know that we are older. Maybe some of you can't tell, but some of us, it's easy to tell. Pray, if you can see, you know we are older. We look older. We're walking slower. We're talking slower. Can't have think and remember. Something, something going on. Amen. And all this petting and pramping, primping this flesh, and when you get in that casket, it ain't going to take long before you end up, that body end up being dust. And them studs that were all in you to be laying on the, on the, on the mattress. Praise the Lord. But you had better do something about your soul because you are an eternal being, not your body, praise the Lord, but your soul is. Let the church say Amen. So what can you give in exchange for your soul? So let's quickly look at what Paul said in the book of Philippians. I want chapter 3, let me just read verse 1 because he had quite a pedigree here. He was quite an outstanding achiever. He says in verse 1, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed it is not grievous, but for you it is safe. I learned a long time ago in my preaching ministry not to worry about repeating myself. Because some of y'all ain't listening to me much anyway. And it's evident by the way you live. And you still haven't heard it. 
Praise the Lord. But maybe some one of these preachers or somebody will come in and say the same thing and you'll hear it and eureka. That's all I care about. You just need to hear it and do it. Praise the Lord. Amen. But Paul said, I'm not going to worry myself about repeating myself. It's a good thing. He said, it's not grievous for me to repeat myself. He said, but it is safe for you. He says, beware of dogs. These are these dumb dogs that Isaiah talked about. They can't, you know, they can't bark. He says, beware of evil workers because God knows they're around. He said, beware of concision, the division workers, because they're around. He said, listen, because we are the circumcision, the Jews, which worship God in the spirit. Is that how we worship him? Not just with the clapping our hands and patting of our feet. That's a good thing. But we ought to be worshiping with our spirit from the inside. He said, and we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. He said, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. And then he begins to share his pedigree. He said, listen, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews. He said, as touching the law, I came from the strictest sect. Uh, the Pharisees. He said, concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. I'm part of it now, but one time I didn't understand. And so I was a chief persecutor of the church. He said, touching the righteousness which is in the law, I was blameless. Mm -hmm. He said, but listen, what I've come to understand since I have been a recipient of the grace of God and come to know Jesus Christ the Lord. He said, listen, here's what I have to tell you. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Hey, Lord, all that natural stuff that I had achieved, amen, I counted loss for Christ. And he says, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. All this stuff that I was just reading to you about that showed how good I was and what I achieved. He said, I suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I gave it all up for this, that I might win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Praise the Lord. And he continues, that I may know him. Don't you want to know Jesus for yourself? Don't you want to have a relationship with him for yourself and not be leaning on or depending on somebody else, but you know him for yourself? He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I believe that if I die somewhere along the line, amen, at the resurrection, when Christ comes for his church, he's going to raise me up. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Praise the Lord. If I suffer with him, I'm going to reign with him. Praise God. All those that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Amen. So I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though, he says in verse 12, getting into our text, he said, not as though I had already attained. Praise the Lord. I'm not there yet. This is the apostle Paul talking. This is a great man of God. This is a man who wrote a good half, maybe more than half of the New Testament under the 
inspiration of the Holy Ghost. This is a man who went where the Holy Ghost led him to establish churches and to tell people about Jesus. This is a man, praise God, that the Lord used to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and many who, who how do we don't, we don't even know how many were saved in Europe and Asia, amen, and in Asia Minor and in Palestine. This great man of God says, and, and he's not a young man, by the way, now. He's not a new minister in Christ. He's an old man, and he's in prison. He's in a Roman prison. He's writing from jail, amen. He's experienced all kinds of things, the great glory of God. He's experienced hunger. He's been beaten sometime, praise God. He's been stoned. I don't mean with marijuana. I mean people picked up rocks to try to bash his brains out. Praise the Lord. Here's a man who has been through much for the cause of Christ. Here's a man who didn't even get involved with flesh and marrying a woman. He kept himself as a eunuch for the gospel's sake and gave himself completely to the Lord. Amen. And still at this age where he's an old man, he is saying to us, not as though I had already attained. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, either were already perfect. He didn't mean that he was immature spiritually speaking, but he explains himself and he says, listen, amen, I haven't achieved the prize yet. I haven't really fully realized all the purpose for which the Lord has called me, amen, but for whatever reason he apprehended me, amen, that I am following after him so I can apprehend, amen, what he has apprehended me for. Praise the Lord our God. Hallelujah. I haven't arrived yet, but I want to experience the full purpose for which Jesus Christ has called me. And I hope that is your desire today. It's not just enough to come to the church to clap your hands, to pat your feet, to sway to the music, to sing, to shout, and to testify. Amen. When all this worship experience collectively is over, there's got to be a personal desire in each of you to say, I want to become all that the Lord would have me to be and let me say this don't get your little head puffed up to the point that we can't buy a, a big enough uh, a, a cowboy hat to put on it because people in the world are patting you on the back and giving you an opportunity to do this and flying you here you're giving you accolades over there forget that stuff forget that stuff it's really unimportant in the total scheme of things because there's people in the world who are better than you more talented you have more resource than you praise God who are smarter than you and they don't know Jesus and if they don't end up knowing Jesus before they die it's going to be a life wasted and you don't want to do that praise God you want to live your life for Jesus Christ let the church say amen praise God hallelujah you've got to be careful of these people in the world because they'll puff you up and make you feel like you're something you've got to realize when they don't know Jesus and they don't know the word of God all that matters to them is what they can accomplish how much resource they can accumulate praise God for this world but no one knows where death is for them. Praise God. It does, you don't have to be old to die. You can be a teenager. You can be in your 20s. You can be in 30s. You can be in the prime of life and be cut off. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you don't have Christ, amen, you had better, it would have been better for you never to have lived. 
Praise the Lord. Again, praise God. Just face the facts. Let's just be honest with ourselves. I'm not trying to put you down, but let's just be honest with ourselves. Most folk, amen, most of us here, when we're gone, it ain't going to take too long for folk to forget we ever lived or mention our name, uh, what we so-called accomplished. Most of us are not going to have a name in any book but the high school or the college yearbook. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's about it. You're going to get a little bit of blurb in the, in the obituary column if your family doesn't think that's too much to pay. Praise the Lord. You're going to get a church bulletin and people going to throw that away. You had better realize that what's important is for me to give my life to Christ so I can live with him eternally. Well, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So I count not myself to have apprehended. Praise the Lord. Amen. Catalambano. Amen. That's what apprehended means. Amen. Or that's the Greek word for it. He said, for in other words, I have not yet lay a hold uh, of as to uh, 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 the things uh, that I'm really striving for that haven't yet become my possession. Praise the Lord, our God. Hallelujah. Therefore, I have what I'm calling this afternoon a divine dissatisfaction with myself. Amen. This divine dissatisfaction that Paul was talking about was not a dissatisfaction with Christ. Amen. Nor with himself to the point of being depressed or pitying himself. That's not what we're talking about. Amen. He is not writing here because he's discouraged. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he knows that he is making progress. He's locked up in a prison. He doesn't have the key. He's under house arrest praise the Lord but he knows that spiritually speaking he is making progress praise God and the kind of transparency that he's sharing with us here in Philippians which you don't see much of any place else maybe in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans where he says oh wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death praise God I thank God praise God hallelujah through Jesus Christ my Lord amen with the mind I serve Christ with the flesh this flesh is still giving me trouble I feel like asking a question but I don't want to embarrass anybody but I'll tell you what I'll raise my own hand this flesh is still giving me trouble praise God I don't run after women or run after men but this flesh if I don't keep my uh, 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 keep my uh, hand around the collar of flesh flesh will get away from you it thinks crazy sometimes it wants to do things that are worth not worthwhile praise the Lord hallelujah you got to keep under it Paul said I keep under my body he said I bring it under subjection lest after I preach to others I myself for be a castaway. You cannot fool yourself with regard to those old natural desires, even if you have been regenerated, because those things aren't buried so deep that they can't surface again. Praise the Lord, our God. So some of you, all you got to do is hear one of them old love songs. Praise God that you used to sing and pat your feet to when you were in the world, and they remind you of old Barry or Barney or Susie or Janie, praise the Lord, and the things you used to do in the world, and if you're not careful, you find your head rocking, your, your toe tapping, and your and you might get a snap, praise God, hallelujah, amen. So, so you, you got to keep a hold of this flesh. You got to keep a hold of this flesh for the cockamamie ideas that are coming out of the world that sound good, but they're contrary to the revealed law and word of God. Praise the Lord, our God, amen. The flesh is a mess. Somebody ought to say amen, praise God. But, but, but you can keep it under control if you have the Holy Ghost and walk not and walk in the spirit and not after the flesh. Do I have a witness? 
Do I have a witness that you can keep this flesh under control if you walk after the spirit? Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. The Bible tells me if I do that, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh and I can say, Amen. Praise God. I'll tell you personally, it works. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the Lord. Amen. Paul said, I've got this divine dissatisfaction and I'm not dissatisfied with Christ. I'm not pitying myself. I'm not discouraged because I'm making progress. Praise the Lord. But I want to be transparent. I want to let some of you know who are sometimes discouraged and depressed because you haven't reached everything yet that, that I'm still reaching and I've been saved a lot longer than you. I know God, amen, very well. I know Jesus Christ. He said, amen, I'm sitting here in this prison amen but I'm not discouraged but I still have this 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 divine dissatisfaction because I haven't arrived yet praise God amen I don't want to fool myself into thinking that I'm more than what I am and, and you see each of us must search ourselves we must try ourselves against the word of God we must evaluate ourselves not by comparing ourselves to one another but comparing ourselves to the word of the Lord and when you are evaluating yourself it's possible in some cases to think you're more than what you are praise the lord or to be on the other end of the spectrum well you beat yourself down to the point that you become doubtful disquieted despairing and thinking that you are nothing neither one is true praise god what you want to do is learn to think soberly the apostle paul said amen realistically about yourself comparing yourself to the word of god as god has has dealt to every man the measure of faith the apostle Paul said in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans praise God amen and then you know something let me tell you this there will always be something to work on in you praise God you're never going to get to the place amen as a human being where you have no flaws no errors no trouble no shortcoming I'm not saying you're sinning or practicing sin but there's always going to be something in you that needs some more attention that needs to work on amen if you own a piece of property you'll know that I don't care you might have built the house from, from the ground praise the Lord and for a little while it seemed like everything was alright but after a while you notice a crack here here comes a little uh, a nail that was put in a sheetrock that's popping out a little bit amen this that and the other because of the second law of thermodynamics everything is, is degenerating and so every once in a while you got to go back and you got to paint again praise God or you've got to amen uh, touch something up if you want to keep your property looking well praise God because some people don't care amen they just want like a junkyard house but if you care about how your property looks there's going to always be a need to go somewhere and buy some paint and a brush and a roller and get busy praise God there's going to be a need to have some hammers and some nails to have some saws to repair something to replace something because it's good when you start but it's always dying praise God and so in this life praise God while we're making progress in Christ indeed there's always going to be something because of our frail humanity that needs to be worked on don't get yourself up so high and so proud until when the word of God comes and it knocks your head off because everybody in here is there. Bishop he's the roughest, huffest, toughest, tiredest people come from all over he's mean, he, blah, blah, blah. praise God but you saved and you in here and you making it don't let the devil fool you praise God my pastor he's, he's the roughest thing out here praise God listen praise God I'm preaching the same way I've always preached and some of y'all been here hearing me all your saved life and you are still in the church. Ten 
10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and some a little bit more because I've been preaching a long time and I've been saved longer than some of you are old, almost 50 years. Praise the Lord, our God. Amen. But it's going to take this kind of word, this kind of drive, this kind of determination, this kind of backbone to help us to make it into the kingdom of God. I could slack up like a lot of other folks are doing. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I think I would be just like Jeremiah. Praise God. And just like some of the other prophets. Sometimes I do feel like shutting my mouth and saying nothing. I feel like sitting myself down and saying what's the use? Praise God. But because the fire of God has been put in me. Praise God. I didn't put this in me. God made me the way he made me. He put this in me for you and for me. Praise God. I can sit. But while I sit and muse, the fire begins to burn. And so the way God gave it to me, the anointing he gave it to me, praise God, it's my responsibility to pass it on to you in an earnest, passionate fashion. Praise God, because I'm not joking when it comes down to my soul. I want to be saved. And I believe you're here because you want to be saved too. Hallelujah to the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So there's always going to be something to work on. Amen. And see, if you become overconfident, sometimes that can be worse than lacking confidence. Because the man who lacks confidence, amen, he knows that he ain't going to get nothing done unless he totally depends on the Lord. Amen. Sometimes he's afraid to even put forth his hand like he should to help out. But he knows he's totally dependent upon the Lord. But the man who is overconfident, he trusts too much in his own power. Amen. His own knowledge, his own experience, and his own ability. And he fails to realize that all he has has come from the Lord. Every good and perfect gift, amen, comes from above, the Bible says. From the Father of lights with whom is no variableness or shadow of turning. Praise God. Hallelujah. He realizes that all he has has come by the grace of God, God's enabling power. And therefore, all he needs to do, amen, is give God the glory. Amen. And that's why Paul said, wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Amen. I'm not kidding myself. Amen. I realize that whatever it took for me to get saved, it's going to take that and more for me to stay saved. Whatever it's taken for me to get here in 50 years, I've got to continue on with it because I want to see the saviors faced in peace. I don't get to sit back and relax in the spiritual uh, hammock, so to speak, and put my hands behind behind my head, amen, and cross my leg and say, well, I made it. I know how to do this, praise God. I'm still learning to lean on Jesus, learning how to depend on him, learning, amen, not to panic or get upset, but to trust in the Lord. Praise the Lord, our God. I can tell you over and over again, got countless testimonies to the fact that the Lord will make a way somehow. Amen, I can tell you over and over again that the Lord will help you. The Lord will deliver you. The Lord will give you strength. Amen. If you continue to walk with him and don't get the big head and think that you're more than what you are. Praise God. And so when you think about this walk with Jesus, you think about it with regard to even the doctrine of sanctification. Yes, when the Lord filled us with the Holy 
Ghost. He sanctified us, uh, amen, by his spirit. He justified us, didn't he do so? But there's another element to sanctification, amen. It is an ongoing process. Praise the Lord, amen. Uh, maybe you don't drink anymore, but there's something in your spirit, uh, amen, that needs to be straightened out because you're kind of rebellious. Uh, you're kind of honorary. You don't really want to listen to anybody. Uh, come on, friend. Uh, amen. Maybe you don't smoke marijuana anymore, but sometimes you act like you lost your mind. You don't want to humble yourself and submit and be subject to the authority that God has placed over you, even though the Bible says submit. Praise the Lord. It just bothers you. It gets your spirit all messed up. That's something you got to work on. Yeah, you speak with tongues, but you're proud. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Amen. Praise God. Get your thumbs from behind your lapel and realize that I'm nothing but by the grace of God. And if there's any good thing in me, amen, it's only because of the grace of God. To God be the glory. Amen. You can pat me on my back if you want to, but I'm going to say just like Ella Kelly, to God be the glory. Paul said it's not I, but it's Christ. Glory to God that's in me. He's working through me. I'm yielding to him. Praise God. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I'm yielding to him so he can work through me. Let the church say amen. Praise the Lord. And that's what sanctification is all about. We become more and more like Christ as we give up the world and even ourselves. Amen. And count everything that we've achieved, acquired. It's all dung. It's all dung. It's all dung that I might win Christ. Oh Lord, hallelujah to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so you have this divine dissatisfaction with yourself. If you understand what I'm talking about, and this divine dissatisfaction, it takes you to something like Psalm 42. And so you know what the psalmist was talking about when he said, as the heart pants after the water brooks, so my soul pants after thee, oh God. I'm saved. I've been saved a long time, but I'm still panting for Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel thirsty for him. Oh, Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, amen. Blessed are those that are hunger and thirst after righteousness. I want some more. He said, if you're hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Some of you are just glad you're not, amen, a whore hopping like you used to. Amen. Or smoking cigarettes like you want like you used to but I'm way beyond that praise God I'm still panting for him I still want more of him I'm still excited about my Jesus every time he touches me and blesses me it urges me to want to get closer to give up the world some more hallelujah make sure I wear the garments of this world the things that God has given me loosely because I didn't always have what I have I'm getting old and so I've accomplished or accumulated a few things but I didn't always have what I have and I was happy then and if I lose it all now brother I still want to be happy in Jesus because a man's life does not consist of the things that he possesses the world tell you you only know who you 
are by your personal possession by what you've accomplished in life hey but all I want to do is let my soul be thrilled with Jesus he satisfies joy he supplies my life would be worthless without Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah. So Paul writing here, he said, brethren, I've come not myself to have apprehended. Hallelujah, I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't accomplished everything yet, but I'm pressing on. Somebody said the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm upward bound. Lord, I'd plant my feet on a higher ground. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He said, but this one thing I do, one thing, one thing, one thing. I believe Jesus told that rich young ruler, one thing thou lackest, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come on and follow me when old Martha was working in the kitchen and shining the furniture Jesus said Martha one thing is needful and your sister Mary has chosen the better part hallelujah when that man was healed from his blindness and everybody thought he was crazy and didn't know what he was talking about and they were slandering his healer Jesus Christ the Lord the man retorted he said one thing I know I used to be blind blind for a long time but one thing if I don't know nothing else one thing if I don't know anybody else I know I was blind and I know who made me see I know Jesus is a healer is that alright didn't the psalmist say one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life hallelujah to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temper problem with some of us is our list is too long we are scattered brained in our focus because we're not focused on one thing what is your priority what is most needful what is it the law about the Lord that we cannot live without you ought to be asking yourself these questions one thing one thing one thing hallelujah settle on that one thing before you go on to something else let the church say amen you know the Bible says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways so you got to get this one thing and let's master that before we go on Paul said but this one thing I do he said forgetting those things that are behind now when the Bible talks about forgetting it's not in the sense that you can't remember it anymore amen God knows that our minds aren't wiped clean like a computer disk but when the Bible talks about forgetting those things that are behind the Bible saying to us in other words don't be controlled by your past 
fast. Come on and say amen. Don't disregard. Come on and disregard the past. Stop caring about it. Stop thinking about it all the time. Don't let it control you. Come on and say amen. Don't be influenced in a negative way by your past. You can't go back to the past. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If you did well in the past, don't rest on your laurels, but move forward. Hallelujah. Don't get there and get the big head and poke out your chest. Just because you did all right yesterday, sufficient unto the day. Is the evil thereof? Something coming today? And you want to stand. You want to stand today. Let the church say amen. Hallelujah. If you didn't do so well in the past, then just repent properly. Don't try to explain it to me. Don't try to justify yourself because I don't let folk waste my time like that anymore. When I was a younger pastor, I would literally spend eight, nine, ten hours talking to people. One person. But I wised up. Amen. It don't take long to say, I'm sorry. It don't take long to say, forgive me. It don't take long to say, I was wrong. I got time for that old day. But I'm not going to sit around and listen to people justify foolishness. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Sanctify me. Justify me. Get a hold of me. And wash me up. And help me to do right. Let the church say amen. Glory to Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. So repent and move forward. The Bible said, remember Lot's wife. You can't walk successfully with Jesus looking back. Hallelujah. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me. You got to make up your mind that the Bible said if we confess our sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Bible said all have sin and come short of the glory of God. You ain't the only one, but you can be one of the forgiven. If somebody know what I'm talking about, shout yeah. Glory to God. You can be one of those washed and redeemed and made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't let your past control you. I don't care if it was yesterday. Don't let it control you. Don't let it determine your present. Don't let it bind up your future. Hallelujah. Yesterday is gone. Somebody need to say that. Yesterday is gone. But today, I'm going on with the Lord. Come on, friend. You got to get this in your mind. Yesterday is gone. But the Lord gave me another day. The Lord gave me new mercies today. Good for the whole day. And I'm going forward. I'm going upward. I'm going onward. I'm going to climb 
until I reach the top. Shall yeah, shall yeah. Oh Lord, oh Paul kept on writing here. He said, I forget those things that are behind. And he said, I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before me. The Greek word for reaching forth means to stretch and to lean. Brother James, when you were running, because that's the analogy here. Sometimes you had to lean as you got closer to that finish line. Hallelujah, involved in a competitive sport. There might have been somebody who was pumping those knees, moving up behind you, wanting to win the race. Now, we're not competing against each other. We're competing against ourselves. Let the church say amen. Competing against this flesh that wants to hold you back. Do I have a witness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. So Paul said, listen, I'm reaching. I see the prize now. I'm stretching. I'm going to lean forward. Hallelujah. Like I see it's attainable. I see I can get there. I see it's going to be all right. Let the church say yeah. Let the church shout amen. Praise the Lord. Then he said, I press. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. That's the Greek word, diako. Same word he used in verse 12. When he said, I follow after. You see, when you diako, it's not a casual stroll. It's not lollygagging. It's not getting to church whenever you get here. It's not praising the Lord if you feel like it. Hallelujah. It's not giving when you feel like it. But listen, when you got diako, then you praise God, you got everything in you. You're earnestly pushing, earnestly striving, earnestly pressing. You want to win. It's a no holds bar pursuit toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. This is a heavenly pursuit. Let the church say amen. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus said that the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. And everybody got to press. I don't care how old you are. Still got to press. Hallelujah. If you just walked in here, you got to press. You got to press. You got to press your way. You may not always feel like it. But somebody said, I feel like going on. The trials are pressing me. I'm going on. I'm going on. I'm going on with the Lord. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Jesus is strive to enter in at the straight gate. Anybody that tell you you're just going to skate through. When I was a young man, somebody wrote a choir song that said we'll go sweeping through the city where our captain has gone on before and we're going to sit down by the gates of the river and I won't be back. I won't be back no more. But I got a problem 
with the theology of that song. People used to get happy, jump, sing, and shout. But I don't see a scripture that tells me I'm going to go sweeping through this city. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to press. I'm going to have to push. It's going to be a struggle sometime. It's not going to be easy. Let the church say amen. Because we're talking about climbing to reach the top. We're on our way to heaven. Do I have anybody who is on their way to heaven? Hallelujah. Are you glad about it? I'm glad I'm on my way. Thank you, Jesus. If you're climbing, amen, rocky places, it can be dangerous. It can be slippery. It can be treacherous. Sometimes the climbing is slow. And sometimes you're lonely because everybody don't like the climb. Seems like you're not making the progress that you want to. Hallelujah to God. But I say climb. We must make the effort because if you will put forth the effort, the Lord will help you to walk on your high places. Let the church say amen. That reminds me of what Habakkuk said. He said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vine, and the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, and the flock shall be cut off from the field, from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. Everything going wrong seems like I can't make it. I'm not feel like I'm making the progress I want. Hallelujah. But Paul said, yet, or Rebecca said, yet I will rejoice. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Sometime you got to say hallelujah. Even when your flesh don't feel like it, you got to lift your hand and say thank you, Jesus. Even if you don't understand it and you don't feel well in your body. Yeah, yeah. We'll rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Shall yeah. Why are you doing that? Because the Lord is my strength. I said the Lord is my strength. David said the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Hallelujah. Come on and say amen. He said, listen, amen, though a host should encamps about me, I won't fear. I'm not going to fear. The war rise against me. In this will I be confident. What you going to be confident in, David? What you going to be confident in when your enemies in a host rise?
rise up against you. What you going to be confident in? I'm going to be confident in how I started this song. When I said the Lord is my light. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. The Lord. He makes a way for me. He shows me the way. He illuminates the way. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. He's my deliverance. Is he your help? Is he your deliverance? Is he your protector? Is he your provider? Is he your way maker? Is he your healer? Is he your deliverer? Is he your friend? Is he your savior? Is he your God? The Lord is my life and my salvation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. So Habakkuk said, the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like a hind's feet, like a feet of a deer or the feet of a rock climbing goat. They got special hooves so they can grasp on to the slopes and the rocky places. Hallelujah. God made the hoof of the hind or the mountain goat made that a little different than the hoof of the pig made that different than the hook of a cow because of where they're going to live and the Lord has given you everything you need do you hear me I said the Lord the Lord Jesus Christ has given you everything you need to be successful in him in him in him in him somebody said I take Jesus for mine you can have this whole round world go ahead and get your education but I take Jesus for mine Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Jesus. That's why you need to press on to higher ground. Hallelujah. Get above all this nonsense, this foolishness, where the carnal folk dwell and keep something going. And those that are part of the, 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 the them folks that used to be around Israel, the mixed multitude. Separate yourself from that stuff. And say, listen, I'm going to climb on to higher ground. Praise the Lord. It would be a wonderful thing if everybody wanted to go. But sometimes you find all along the line, people only want to go so far. Then you got to make up your mind whether you're going to sit down and pout. Amen. And stay on the level they are or keep on climbing. I said keep on climbing. I said, keep on climbing. I said, keep on climbing. And you better realize you could, you could have lost your mind. Huh? You could have lost your mind. But thank God if you're in your right mind, you ought to thank God I'm still in my right mind. 
And I am not going to fool around and think that what happened to this person can't happen to me. Praise God. I need to stay on my knees. I need to fast and pray. I need to get that word in me. And I need to say, preach up, preach on. Preach on. Preach on. Preach it harder. So if there's something in me that's not like God, the Holy Ghost can blast it out of me. Because I want to be saved. I want to make it into the kingdom of God. I don't want to fool myself and sit up here in the church all these years and die and go to hell. How many of you are glad for the day you heard the word and it pricked your heart and told you you need to repent? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad somewhere along the line the Lord gave me a heart of repentance so I could turn from my wicked way. Hallelujah. So I could step away from the folk with the bad advice. And some of them sitting right in the church. Huh? Sitting right in the church. Some old, some been saved a long time. Some ain't been saved a good two minutes. But they're giving out bad advice. Ye shall know them by the fruit they bear. Where's the fruit? The fruit ain't a seed. That comes well after the seed has been planted, germinated, grows, huh? and been tended to, and bears something. When it's bearing something, now we got something to talk about. Until then, it's just wishful thinking. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so you got to make up your mind. I am not going back. Huh? I'm going on with the Lord. I'm going to press on. I'm going to press on. You want the Holy Ghost? The Lord gives the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Acts 5.32 to them that obey him. If you're still walking in disobedience, you can call Jesus, Jesus all day long. But it's not to you repent. And say, Lord, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I got a bad attitude. I got a bad spirit. I'm still doing this stuff. I need to be delivered from it. Yes. It's wrong. It's hurting me and I'm hurting you. I'm sorry. Yes. Give me grace. Give me strength. I want to put this down. Yes. I want to cut this off. Because I value the things of Christ more so than this temporary enjoyment. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I guarantee you, as soon as you repent, man, you develop uh, an obedient heart. Here come the Holy Ghost. Even if you haven't been baptized yet, just because you repented, here come the Holy Ghost. Like a rushing mighty wind. You still need to get baptized in Jesus' name. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost don't cut it. The name, the Bible says, be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And God's name is not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. God's name is Jesus Christ. Huh? God's name is Jesus Christ. So you got to go all the way back to the book of Acts and do it the way the apostles of Jesus Christ did it. They never did baptize in the phrase Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Catholic Church started that three or four hundred years after Jesus left the earth. And folks have continued it to this day. But if you go back and you read your Bible in the book of Acts, praise God, you find out when the apostles baptized, they baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Peter said, repent. 
and be baptized every one of you in the name Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God would be a liar if you repented and he didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost. You'll never make God a liar because it's not his will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So when you really repent and stop playing games, huh? The Holy Ghost is going to come in you so quick, praise God. Amen. You won't be, you don't know what to do with yourself. You'll feel new and good on the inside. You'll feel the joy of Jesus. You'll hear yourself speaking with another language as the Spirit give utterance. You won't know what to do with yourself. You just know I feel brand new. Hey, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you find out, praise God, I would have let this old crazy stuff I've been hanging to let it go a long time ago if I knew I was going to feel this good with the Holy Ghost. You hanging on to a cigarette or a cigar or somebody's body or your own body or a crazy idea. Let it go. Let it go. Treat it like dung so you can win Christ. Nothing better, nobody better than Jesus. Do I have a witness? Somebody said he's all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day without Jesus. You don't tell me you making it and you ain't got no Jesus. Nobody can make it without Jesus. You're going to slip up, fall, rumble, and tumble. But if you get Jesus, you'll learn how to walk upright. Do I have a witness? All you have to do is repent. Huh? Stop lying, stop cheating, stop taking a sip of alcohol on the side, stop fooling around with them folk you used to fool around that don't love God. Let it go. Let it go. Because there's something better. And that something is Jesus Christ. And for those of us that have it, let's not sit around, praise God, and feel content to the place that to the point that we're complacent. Hmm? Paul said. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Have any of you ever been involved in something competitive? I don't care if it was even a spelling bee. <coughs> if you're involved in some competitive, something in you ought to want to win. Amen. You ought to want to win. That's just, it's a human drive within us. Now, some people go too far because they'll cheat. <laughs> and God saw that and sometimes others do too but something in us wants to, to push forward to do better to achieve something to accomplish something praise the Lord ask God to give you that same push and desire for Christ hallelujah because you know once that question is settled that you're in Christ then it doesn't make a difference what else happens even if you don't achieve all those worldly things you're not depressed because you've got the greater prize. And if you do achieve those, they don't mean so much to you that you'd give up your Jesus for them. Praise the Lord. You're not going to sacrifice your church time or, amen, your prayer time or your uh, study time or missionary time. You're not going to sacrifice that for the things of this world. Praise the Lord. There was a man who ran in the Olympics years ago, maybe about almost 100 years ago now. <clears throat> And they were having, I can't remember his name now, but they were having races. And, you know, folk in the world, Sunday don't mean nothing to them. Every day ought to mean something to us. But they said they were going to have these Olympic races on a Sunday. He said, go ahead. 
I'm not running on Sunday. See, folk have lost that kind of conviction. They lost it. It don't take all that. You're being fanatical. You're being, listen, there's heaven and there's hell. I'm going to make sure as much as I can that I don't go to hell. No way. I'm not looking to find out how much I can get away with and still be saved. I don't want to take the chance because it's my soul. I ain't gambling with my soul. This fella told him, listen, I ain't running on Sunday. Y'all run if you want, but I'm not running on Sunday. You know that man ended up uh, getting involved in another um, uh, uh, event and won it all? If God be for us, who can be against us? Praise the Lord. Because if you fool around this world, they'll tie you up. We used to have some folk around here. One brother was just, he loved the football so much. He's out taking his son out, taking the other kids out. They're all going to play football on Sunday. Can't come to Sunday school, can't come to church. One brother came to me and said, listen, he said, Pastor, he said, I was doing all right until I started fooling with this football. Huh? And another brother went to that brother and told him to his face, you messed me up. I'm telling you what I know. Praise the Lord. You got to be careful of the folk you talk to even in the church. Some of these people give you bad. Now, anybody start talking against your pastor, you know that's of the devil. I don't care if they start speaking in tongues until they levitate. Anybody that questions what I'm doing, and it's not because it's me, it's because of what the word says. Anybody that questions, you know what? The devil has found a way to get in there somehow. And the devil ties, sometimes he disguises himself as good intentions. Come on now. He found a better way now. Huh? He found a better way. I'm just trying to walk with Jesus and hang on and encourage anybody that want to follow me to hold on. Let's go for the adventure with Christ. Let's go for a good ride with him. Let's separate all the stuff that's holding us back. And sometimes it's people that don't have a mind to do right. But see, with a lot of churches, they let them folks sit up there and they finish corrupting the whole church. That's a lesson to learn too. They corrupt the whole church. Because the Bible says a little leaven. Leaven is the whole lump. Praise the Lord. Somebody got to be a watchman enough to say, wait a minute, that's enough of that. Either it's got to line up or it's got to leave out. And sometimes you don't even have to ask some folks to leave. They get up and walk off because they don't want to do what's right. Huh? That's sad. And people think, well, you know, bishop don't care. Well, you're a liar. Now you got to repent because you ain't going to heaven. You ain't going to heaven. Once you sit in this chair, stand behind that desk, and you have been anointed to be a pastor, it's a dangerous, deadly job. Huh? Some men don't live that long caring for the saints. It wears them completely out because they care more about the people than the people care about themselves. But... I remember years ago, I'm going to say this and I'm going to hush. When this church first started, man, every time you turn, every service. We had a little church in Plainville. We couldn't even keep the pews on the floor. We couldn't even keep the pews on the floor. Saints and sinners knocking them out the way. And I would talk to some pastors that, are, that w- then they were where I am now. And, and they had confidence in me. Because they knew me and they knew who I was and what I stood for. And sometimes, you know, pastors need to talk to pastors. 
and they'd be sharing with me some of what was going on in their church. You know, and I was kind of arrogant, saying to myself, man, I'm glad that ain't going on Apostolic Fellowship Church because we pray and we fast and blah, blah, blah. Maybe these brothers ain't doing that no more. You know, saying that, but I ain't saying it to them. And these were good men. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and, and to, preaching the truth, telling the truth, living the truth. Amen. But they had a lot more miles on the odometer than I had. But if I go back and have them conversations with them today, I would say, oh, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I can't believe the nonsense I've had to deal with in 25 years. How to save folk. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Hallelujah. Look at them preachers. And one preacher finally told me, he said, he said, Pastor, now this man done pastored over 50 years. He said, why would any man want a pastor? That's where he got to. Huh? You preaching and teaching folk, and some of them literally fighting. Huh? See, because you don't know what's coming in. The preacher's watching and he's praying, but see, the enemy is shrewd. Huh? Old Bishop, he used to head up the organization, he used to say, say to his saints at his home church, he said, some of y'all are backsliding while you're looking down my mouth. I didn't understand those things then, but I understand it now. I understand it. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to serve, but I can't tell you it's not tough sometimes. I can't tell you in the last 25 years there's been some times I wanted to get in my car and start it up and just ride. I love and I will take that part of the song. I won't be back, I won't be back, I won't be back no more, no more, no more. Because it was never my intent or desire to be a pastor. Never. Men came after me, asking, never. I said, I'm happy to work with a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. Because I had just that much understanding of the challenges. Now I'm drunk with understanding. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is not easy. It is not easy. But I can say this. He giveth more grace. I stand by the grace of God. I hold on by the grace of God. I don't remember everything I've said through the years, but people come back and tell me, you're saying the same thing you said 20 years ago, 30 years. I've been preaching since 1974. You're saying the same thing you were saying back in the 70s. One pastor called me the other day. He said, listen to this. He said, I just, just before I called you back, he said, I was on the phone with some of the saints down in North Carolina who experienced all this damage to their property because of Florence, because of the, uh, the, the storm. He said, and this sister said to me, what we're talking about, she said, this remind me of a message the elder Geddes preached. And she said, he's Bishop Geddes now. And he, she told the preacher the message from the 70s. She told the preacher the message. And he, she didn't know he was going to call me when he got off of that phone call. Hallelujah. This is a real job. I'm not complaining. I just want to help some of you who got grandioso ideas. 
This is real work. You can't have to, uh, you, you cannot have your feelings on your fingertips. Not in this one. Not in this one. Praise the Lord. Because of the gravity of the situation, we are dealing with souls. Not pocketbooks. Souls. Not automobiles or earthly things. Souls. And I don't want anybody's blood on my hand. I want to be saved, and I want you to be saved. But I know one thing. It ain't going to be a joke. Sometimes it's going to be tough. But I know this. Let's keep pressing on. Do I have anybody that wants to press on? Let's keep pressing on. I got a few hand claps. Some of the rest of y'all, you're not sure yet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But I don't know about you, but I'm pressing on. It's been a long time, but I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to sing something here. I've been running for Jesus a long time. I'm not tired. I've been running for Jesus a long time. 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 I've been